Let's pray this morning. Father, we come to you today. We are so grateful for that truth. Lord, you go before us. You prepare the way. You create such great opportunities for us to just step into trusting in you. You are a good God. You are a great God. And yet you are a God who is absolutely committed to each one of us. You showed that so clearly when you gave your son and he gave up absolutely everything that we could live. So Lord, today we ask, just claim us completely and and holy. Help us to surrender everything that we are, to be those living sacrifices. Come and fill us. Fill us with that presence of yours, that unstoppable presence in the power of your spirit. That we can be a people who always look forward, who always advance the kingdom, who always seek your desire above everything. Father, come and be that force in our life that drives us forward. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's go and have a seat this morning. As we uh, turn our attention to uh, last in our series, Unstoppable uh, Spirit. And we've been in a series, Unstoppable. And, uh, you know, the, the, hopefully you've got the gist by now that the, uh, this particular series is about us, you know, as individuals, of course. But equally, it, it's about us as a people here, as Christ Church, right? And just understanding that we have an unstoppable purpose, right? That that our life is an elevated life. We have this unstoppable purpose as individuals and collectively as a church here to just bring purpose to the lives of unchurched and dechurched people through an incredible relationship with Christ, right? That's what we're about. And uh, that goes to unstoppable unity that we all need to just get get on the same page on that, get committed to that, and uh, just be ready to just go ahead and step into the opportunities that God gives us to accomplish that, get unified in that. And then the next one was unstoppable sacrifice. That means if we're united in that, we've got to be ready to do whatever it takes, right? We've got to be ready to, to just step up and understand that uh, nothing we have is ours. It's all his anyway. And our life is not about us. Our life is absolutely all about him. And so we take the last step today, and it's Unstoppable Spirit. And boy, the song that we just sang really captures a lot of what we need to get today, is that there is this unstoppable spirit of God that is not just loose in the world, but as you'll see, there is this unstoppable spirit that is ready to take over and dwell in your life. Let's start out by going to Acts number 1. If you got your Bibles, that's where we're going to spend a lot of time today, is in uh, Acts uh, number 1. And, uh, you know, I need to clarify some things because folks who come to me the last few weeks and they said, Pastor, can you believe there are people in church checking their email? Uh, No, we're in modern technology world, so if you see somebody with their phone, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt that they're actually looking at the scripture on their phone, okay? This happens now in church. It's good. So if you got your phone, get that baby out. Give it a try and go find Acts number one, right? Uh, So we're at Acts number one here. And um, the writer of Acts is Luke. So what you need to understand, and he refers to it, is that he wrote his gospel, the gospel of Luke. And now he's picking up where he left off with the second book 
the sequel, right? Talking about not the life of Jesus, but the life of the church. So he wrote the Gospel of Luke about Jesus, the life of Jesus, ministry of Jesus, and now he writes about the impact of that in terms of what does it mean for the life of the church, right? So in Acts 1, it says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So he kind of sets the stage for the situation of, of where the church is, where the apostles are uh, in Acts 1, right? Uh, and if you think about what we just read, I mean, what does that put the apostles? Well, it puts them, ironically, in, in a pretty comfortable place. I mean, they went through the anxiety at the end of Jesus' life of losing him on the cross, right? They went through the fear and the locked doors and the anxiousness of what this may mean in terms of their life, thinking that, that, that Jesus was now dead. And then yet three days later, he rose again. And Luke is telling us, and since that time, for the last 40 days, Jesus has been just showing up. He's just been showing up, you know, and so their life has been pretty good because all that fear and anxiety about Jesus being dead is no longer there. Instead, they were rejoicing their joy and encouragement because Jesus is alive. And, uh, you know, he just kind of shows up in their life and, and, and everything's everything's good. I mean, for them right now, everything is pretty comfortable. Wouldn't you say it's good? Jesus is alive. They're hanging out. They got rid of the one bummer that was in the group, Judas. He got rid of him. I mean, the group is good together now. Everything's fine. They're just hanging out and Jesus showing up. All is good. Comfortable. What happens? Then you get Jesus telling them, things are going to change. He says, on one occasion, while he was eating, Jesus with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What's happening? Well, they're in this comfortable place. Jesus is just showing up. But in the midst of this comfortable space, Jesus shows up one day and says, can't stay there. Can't stay comfortable, people. <laughs> no, in a few days, things are going to change. Now, there's lots of stuff in this particular text. One of them is just this idea that you just can't get comfortable. I mean, following Christ is not about living a comfortable life. They're comfortable for 40 days, but it's not going to last. Because Jesus says, look, in a few days you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, things are going to change. You can't stay comfortable. In a few days, things are going to change. Now, the other lesson in this is not only is God in charge of advancing us out of our comfort levels, but He's going to do that according to His time and in His way, according to His preferred future. Let me unpack that. Notice it says, in a few days. Do they know exactly when their life is going to change so dramatically when the Holy Spirit's going to come? No, they don't. 
They don't know. Let's see. Uh, Thursday, 4 o'clock, be there. What do they know? They just know it's going to come. They just know that God has some preferred future for them. And God is going to bring about that preferred future according to His schedule, according to His time frame. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. We just know that God has His own preferred future for us as individuals, as a church. He's got His own preferred future of what He has in store for us. And we don't always know exactly when that's going to unfold. Because it always unfolds according to His purposes and His times. Because remember, we're not our own. (laughs) It's up to Him. What do we do? Well, there are times in our life that we are just like these apostles. What do they have to do? They have to wait. They have to wait. You see that? Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait. I mean, there are seasons in our life where we are just in positions where we have to wait. I mean, we know God has something more in store for us. We know God has a preferred future for us. We know there's something coming, but we're just not quite there yet, and we have to wait. Why do the disciples have to wait? They have to wait because they need something more to happen in their life before they're ready to experience the preferred future that God has for them. Right? They have to wait. Why? Well, they have to wait because they need the Holy Spirit to indwell their life before they're prepared to achieve the preferred future that God has in store for them. Couple things. Notice, God is not going to send them out to achieve that preferred future until He gives them everything they need to accomplish it. So God is going to never put a picture in front of you, put an opportunity in front of you. He's never going to create a preferred future for you that He has not already prepared and given you the equipment, the tools, and the skills, and the talents to be able to achieve it. He's never going to lay something out in front of you and say, this is my preferred future for you, and not give you what you need to achieve it. So he's got a preferred future for these apostles, but he's not going to send them to that future until they're absolutely ready. And what do they need? They need to wait until they get the power of the Holy Spirit. And that comes according to his time and his schedule and his desire. Now, this could be a tough one for us, right? Because we can, we can know that God has a preferred future for us, but not many of us like to wait. I mean, waiting is just not something we're good at, right? I'm at Walmart the other day, just picking up some little thing, you know, and I got one item, right? And so I go to the checkout line, and I start at one end, and I'm looking at all the lights that are on, and I just go from one slot to another slot to another slot. There's always one person, Right? So I just keep going because there's one person there checking out. I don't want to wait. There's one person checking out. I go all the way down the whole line. And so what do I do? I go to the self-pay, right? The (laughs) self-checkout. Of course, I mucked that up. So I had to wait until somebody would come and, you know, get that. But then I didn't do that. I jumped right over to the place that was now open because the person that was there went through. So I could go right away. Anyway, it made sense at the time. The deal is, we don't like to wait. The trouble is, there are seasons in our lives, and there are even seasons in our church, where we need to wait 
and we need to get things right. We need to get what we need to get that God needs to provide us so that we can move to the preferred future that he has for us. Did you follow that? You see, you need to look and ask, what is it? I mean, you know God has a preferred future for you. What is it? What is it that you ought to be doing right now in this time in your life to equip you to be able to accomplish that preferred future? What is it you need to receive from Christ right now in your life to be able to go ahead and do that? You see, you may be putting it off. You may be saying, now listen, I don't need to get into a small group, but that may be precisely the place where God's going to prepare you. You'd be saying, listen, I'm good with the Bible. I don't need to read that thing every day. But you know what? That may be precisely what you need to prepare you for the future that God has for you. I mean, you can come with all kinds of reasons and all kinds of opportunities that are offered for you here at Christ Church and find every reason why you shouldn't take the step to get involved in it. But that may be the very place where God is going to give you and prepare you for the preferred future that he already has planned for you. See, sometimes we're in seasons of waiting. But when we're waiting, we've got to get ready. The apostles were in a season of waiting. They told him, listen, you're going to get the Holy Spirit. Then you go to Acts 2, and they get the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, so it's just one chapter later, the Holy Spirit comes. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They did what he told them. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So a few days later, according to God's timing and God's purpose, He gave them exactly what they needed. But notice how it came. Did it come all comfortable and kind of pleasant and easy. No. How did the Holy Spirit come? Look at the terms it's described as. It says, what? Suddenly a sound blowing like a tornado. It didn't come comfortable. It didn't come easy. It came violently. You see, what God is going to pour into your life, it may not come all cozy and comfortable and easy. You may have to go through some challenge. You may have to go through some struggle. You may have to go through some disappointment. It may come violently. But it doesn't mean it's not what God needs to pour into your life for you to go to the next place that he's already prepared for you. And notice the other image they get. Not only does it come as a violent wind, but it says it comes as tongues of fire resting on their heads. How about that one? So, okay, Mr. Apostle, you're sitting there, and all of a sudden the house is shaking, and it's a tornado and a violent wind, and then you look around, and there's tongues of fire on everybody's heads, including your own, and you're like, whoa, what the, whoa, right? I mean, think about it. I mean, it didn't come in this kind of calm, pleasant, easy. No, God was willing to do what God needed to do to be able to impact these apostles to understand the power. You see, what they were receiving was powerful. 
And when you receive something powerful, it comes in a powerful way. They waited, and it came. And when it came, it enabled them. Now, the Apostle Paul understands this, and he understands the importance of this, and why each one of us today need to get this for our own lives, but also what we need to get for ourselves collectively here as Christ Church. And, and here's the way he describes it in Ephesians 3. And he's praying about this for us. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, God, right, may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. What, what does he want? What's he praying for? He's praying that you wouldn't just kind of hear this this morning, but that you would really take this in. That, that you would get serious about taking into your inner being that power of the presence of the Holy Spirit so you can get equipped for whatever's next in your life, whatever God has for you in your preferred future. And the same is true for us here at Christ Church, that, that we would get really serious about this time of waiting and doing whatever it is we need to do to get ready for the next things God's going to do here. Because I don't know about you, but I'm sure feeling like we are right on the edge of something big. I mean, it's like right there that God has got something in store for us. But, but we got to take it in. we got to get totally committed. And we got to be able to receive whatever it is He's going to pour into us and the power to go ahead and step into it and do it. We've got to receive the power. Notice in John 14, it's not just about the power, it's about the person. They receive the Holy Spirit. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. So what, what are they going to get? He's promising it beforehand. They're going to receive the Spirit. What's the Spirit going to do? Well, the Spirit's going to advocate for them. And the Spirit is going to be with them forever. What's he saying? Listen, you have available to you an unstoppable Spirit. Available to you as a Christ follower is an unstoppable Spirit. That The Spirit is already going to be working in your future. He's going to advocate for you into your future. The Spirit is going to be there forever. He is unstoppable. He is unstoppable. And he is willing to devote his whole purpose in order to prepare you so you can be the person God wants you to be and move to the future that God wants you to move to. If you look how he ends the text, really important, it says, The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. A couple of things there. Notice... This isn't the world that can do this. The world doesn't have this. Right? This is us. Right? We have available to us this unstoppable spirit. And this unstoppable spirit isn't just an it. It's a person. Do you notice how Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit here? What does he call the Holy Spirit? He, she, or it. It's not a hard question. I underlined it. I gave it to you in bold. He always says, him, right? He. He always says, him. 
It, well, that's a person. You see, you have available to you this person who is ready to invade your life and prepare you and empower you and equip you. You see, you have this person, this unstoppable, invincible person who is available to you to just step into your life and get you ready to keep you moving in the direction God wants you to move to be the person God wants you to be and to get to the preferred future that God has in store for you. And that same person, that same person is here at Christ Church. That same person, that spirit is here at Christ Church. And that spirit is preparing us as the people of God in this place for an incredible preferred future. We just need to get ready. We need to receive him absolutely, receive him completely, and get ready for it. Now, let's go look at the apostles again and see how this works out for them. Okay? You ready? What's it mean? Go back to Acts 1 again. So they're all comfortable in Acts 1, remember? They're all comfortable before the Spirit came. And they're staying in their comfort zone. They say in verse 6, look, Jesus, they gather around him and they said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? So they're like, this is really cool. This is really comfortable. Let's just go right to the end of the story. You just establish your throne. We'll share it with you. It'll all be good, man. Let's just do it. Jesus says, it's not for you to the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They want to just have it comfortable. Jesus says, listen, that's not... No. No. God has a preferred future. You've got to just be ready to step into the future. Do they know the dates, the times, and how everything's going to unfold? Nope. Are you going to know everything that God's going to accomplish in your future? Nope. Not going to know it. Not for you to know. It's just not for you to know. What is it for you to know? It's for you to know the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And step into letting Him equip you and empower you so you can move forward in life. That's all they had to do, right? They don't know. They don't know everything that's in front of them. All they know is they're supposed to step into the power of the Holy Spirit and start witnessing. They're just supposed to step into the Holy Spirit and start witnessing, right? And that's in Acts 2. Now, look what happens in Acts 4. In Acts 4, it says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God, how? Boldly, right? But now notice, what chapter is this? Chapter 4. They got the Holy... Wait! I thought they got the Holy Spirit in 2. Wasn't Pentecost in two? Yes, Pentecost was in two. Remember, violent wind, and it came, and tongues of fire, and the Holy Spirit came. But now again, in four, what does this mean? This means receiving the Holy Spirit isn't just a one-time moment where we just kind of say, Oh, good, I got the Holy Spirit, and now Jesus is with me. No, this is an everyday deal. 
You see, between two and four, these guys have been out there doing signs and wonders and miracles. They've been pouring themselves out. They've already been flogged and beaten and arrested. They've already had God do miraculous signs of opening up jail cells and letting them walk out. I mean, they've already been doing the ministry of what God's preferred future is for them. And they got together again and they prayed. And what did God do? Gave them everything they needed to be able to take the next step to do whatever it is they needed to do. You see, God is a God who's willing to give us everything we need. All we just need to do is what? Be open. Just be open and say, listen, I'm not going to live a comfortable life. To say, I am not going to be part of a comfortable church. I'm not here to be a comfortable person. I'm not here to be in a comfortable church. I'm not here as a pastor to lead a comfortable church. We're here to be sold out on the edge, on the ledge, filling ourselves with everything God wants to give to us so that we can move out and be witnesses and change the face of the earth in this place. What happened? The place where they were meeting was shaken. We're here to shake it up. I don't hear a lot of amens out there. That bothers me. Huh? Come on, people. Aren't we here to shake it up? Yes, thank you. I mean, we're here to shake it up. Our lives are not here to be comfortable. Our thing is to receive what God wants to pour into us, make ourselves absolutely available, and then move out in this time, in this place, and make it happen. Because this is our unbelievable opportunity that is unstoppable. Because there is an unstoppable spirit loose in our world, in our place, and in our lives. That's what happened to them. Unstoppable. Look what happens after he said this. He was taken up before their very eyes. This is where Jesus ascends in the cloud, and he goes out of their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way. You've seen him go, I love this experience. Okay, put yourself in this moment. You've been with Jesus. Everything's been comfortable. And he says, no, you can't stay comfortable. In a few days, according to God's time, God's purpose, he's going to give you exactly what you need to shake up the world and be an impact people, right? And they're standing there taking this all in. And Jesus goes up. And they're standing there with their eyes up. And then all of a sudden, there's an angel. Whoa, guys, there's an angel. I mean, whoa. Whoa. Something's happening. (laughs) Put yourself in that spot. I mean, this is not something that happens every day where you're looking up in the sky and, whoa, angel. (laughs) What was God doing? God was giving them in that moment exactly what they needed to get focused on the new future God was giving them. They could have stood there for days looking up in the sky. See, you can, you can spend all kinds of wasted life looking at your past, looking at your problems, looking at this, looking at that. And what do you need? You need God to tap you on the shoulder and just say, what are you, what are you doing? You're here to shake up the world. And I'm going to give you everything you need to be an unstoppable person. In the power of Christ, I'm going to give you everything you need to move into the preferred future that God has for you. 
And he's going to do the same thing for us here at Christ Church. So get ready. Get ready. Some big stuff's coming. It's coming. Not because I've got it planned, but because it is the character of God to do that. It's the character of God. Because we have an unstoppable God. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for being who you are. What an incredible, unstoppable God you are. Thank you that we can just absolutely trust you completely and uh, pour into us whatever it is we need. Just stop us from looking into the sky and wasting our time and our life. Just give us, shake us up and, and get us in that path of just pouring into us whatever it is we need to move to that next level in our life, to just advance the kingdom to make our lives mean more and to be filled up with that power that we can't get on our own and only comes from you. So, Lord, we surrender ourselves to you. We surrender our church to you, and we pray. Let the Holy Spirit, that violent wind, that powerful force of fire, just burn. Let it come and let it fill us to be the people you want us to be and the church you want us to be. We ask it in Jesus' name.